This is the Lead to Lead podcast, where we explore the realm of leadership through the lens of faith. Here's your host, Leah Haygood. Hey guys, welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. My name is Leah and I am your host. And today I have brought back the hubster, Mr. Jacob Malden Haygood III. Not really the third, but he's here. Say hi. Hello, everybody. Hi. So, uh, Jake, one of the things that I think... I've rarely made over the course of our marriage our New Year's resolutions. I would agree. Have you made any since we've been married? I think every year I commit to exercising. And how does that work out for you? It seems to be getting worse. Oh, great. Okay. Well, um, that's a typical thing. And especially with coming out of 2020 into 2021, I think some people are a little bit more motivated to stick to New Year's resolutions. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that people are, are scared to say anything concrete? <laughs> I think people are scared of 2021 in general. So I don't foresee a ton of resolutions being made, but more so surviving. Yeah. Gentle commitments, yes. I would say. Uh, I saw something somewhere on Facebook um, one of the funny things of Facebook and not dramatic was, um, uh, I've experienced the seven day trial of 2021 and I'd like a refund or something like that. And I think that that is, uh, that's a fair assessment. So I've also seen one that 2021 is 2020 except legal. Yeah. <laughs> so she's grown up. So anyway, you, you know, it's, we can joke about these kind of things, but at the same time in a level of, of seriousness, um, I think coming out of 2020, um, the sky's the limit. I think we've all been pushed in different ways than I think we realized or bargained for going into 2020. So um, I, I'm actually excited to see what this year has for us. And I thought that it would be uh, interesting to kind of discuss some um, top 10 New Year's resolutions. Now, I got these from a 2019 survey. I didn't dare look at 2020's resolutions because I just didn't. 2020 is like a cuss word now for everybody. But anyway, um, number one New Year's resolution was eat healthier. And I think that is one that I know you and I have have mentioned. Like, oh, yeah, this is the year where we're not going to eat fast food all the daggum time. We're going to cook at home. We're going to do all these things. And what happens? We've been to McDonald's and Chick-fil-A a lot since yeah. 2021 started, especially being, having to be in quarantine for a little while. Yes, we, we did have to. Um, we The Rona hit our house, and, and we're okay. Everybody's healthy, and we're fine. But uh, 10 days seems like 10 years. When, Mercy, never again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. So we were kind of forced in a corner with some things when it came to that, but... Um, I think it's easy for people to get hooked on diet gimmicks and they want to get skinny as fast as they can and as easily as they can. There's like the path of least resistance is going to be the path that people choose. And I, I also think it's one of the most easily made and easily broken resolutions. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think when it comes to eating healthier, everybody wants to get quick. What's the word? Get quick scheme, like get rich quick. Yes, like yeah. they want to eat asparagus one night with their steak and potatoes and lose twenty pounds. Yes, and so they become easily discouraged because the reality of eating healthier is it's a commitment. And it's a long term commitment. It's actually a lifelong commitment. And those who of us who have 
tried and failed realized that you can't go weak and expect anything different. And I think that's perfectly seen when, you know, talk about first Corinthians six nineteen, talk about our, how our body is a temple. It's important for us to realize that the temples around while we're alive. So that's lifelong. Right. So that doesn't mean you get to go two weeks eating healthy and then you just jump back on the McDonald's wagon. Mm-hmm. It's a commitment, lifelong commitment. Right, absolutely. Uh, that kind of leads us into our number two New Year's resolution. It was exercise more. And we've already talked about that. I remember before we had kids, uh, Planet Fitness was kind of on the rise here. And we were like, yes, $10 a month. And I can go to any Planet Fitness I want. And they have the little hydrotherapy massage beds. That and, was $20 a month. That's oh, the that card. Oh, sorry. $20 a month. Excuse me. But still, for us with no kids, I was like, oh, oh nice. That's awesome. And plus, gyms, they have... they have caught on to the uh, the the highs and lows of gym membership. And the beginning of the year is always a high. So they're always saying, oh, there's no joining fee. It's only going to be this amount of money per month. And you're really saving money and you're getting healthy. So it, it's easy to get kind of hooked into, oh, yeah, we're going to exercise. And probably, honestly, for like the first month, typically when we make this resolution, we're pretty consistent-ish. Yeah. When kids came into the picture and we were trying to figure out how to juggle all that, and now with COVID and all the different restrictions, it is a challenge. And I have made it an excuse. I'll admit it on this podcast that I struggle with that. Yeah, I think when it comes to gym memberships, when we first had Isaac, we belonged to Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. And we realized that having a child and having a gym membership that doesn't have childcare wasn't going to work. Right. So we went back to the Y, which is where we left, to come to Planet Fitness. And it's great because you can drop the kids off, go work out. Mm-hmm. Now the problem is COVID. It's not as easily accessible to drop off your kids. Right. So we're kind of in the same boat again. Yeah. Thank you, COVID. Yeah. But, you know, this too shall pass. So we're looking forward to the day where it won't be like, do I need a mask? Do I need... And I'm just tired of thinking those things. Anyway, uh, number three, save money or simply just spend less. One of the things that Jake is really good about that I was not very good at when we first got married, or actually in high school when we were dating, um, was making a budget. And Jake will tell people like, yeah, Leah didn't know Leah didn't know how to save money if, if her life depended on it because you always tell the story of you having to save the day when I was at Wofford and I had to go to golf practice. And had but no gas. I had no gas in my car and he had to come fill it up for me. And she also had 20 cents in her account. Leave me alone. No. So that's back when gas was like 3 or $4 a yeah. gallon too, so it was no joke. Yeah, that's true. So uh, one of the tools that we have used is every dollar, which is Dave Ramsey's uh, budgeting tool. And it's great. Honestly, Jake, like he'll be sitting over there geeking out like, okay, I have to put this in this account. It's very user-friendly. So we recommend that. You know what's funny? I was actually listening to another podcast by Pat Lincioni. Shout out, Pat. Hey. Um, And what he does at the beginning, his early episodes is like he starts doing free commercials for companies that he wants to eventually sponsor them. So how about we do a little commercial for every dollar? Like what, what would you say is your testimony of using every dollar? Like what's so good about it? I mean, it counts every dollar. So for me, it's helps set a budget. And since I'm self-employed, it helps show me how much money's left over. And I can then say, okay, well, I've got two months worth of budget because I have the budget I set, mm-hmm. which is a certain amount. 
And then anything past that, I just push over in the next month so we can keep track of how much we need to pay. So like I may have three months worth of income, but I know by having every dollar not to spend all three months of income in one month. Right, exactly. So that's our free commercial. Maybe we'll get sponsored by every dollar. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? It would be. I would, yeah. And I can put more dollars in my every dollar budget. But anyway, no, shout out to Dave Ramsey. It's a great product and um, it's free. So it's, it's well worth the time and researching it. Uh, number four, learn something new. So like having a new hobby or picking up a new skill. Like for instance, I've been talking to Jake about like, you need a hobby. And he's like, well, sleep. I was like, no, that's a necessity. <laughs> you need a hobby. And one of the things I wrote this down, because I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. I probably won't ever get the chance to do it. One of the shows that I binge watch on Netflix is Forged in Fire. And the idea of learning how to forge pieces of a, like a lawnmower or something into a knife. I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. But I ain't got the time for that. But I, that, that'd be really cool if I could do that. But another thing that... Uh, honestly, this podcast is is a great hobby for me, and I learned it over the past year. Uh, but if you had to pick a hobby, Jake, what would you pick? If you had, if if money and time were not a factor, what would you pick? I think for me, I would learn how to. I think I would like to learn how to work like redoing cars. Like I think that'd be really cool. Mm, like car repair, like body work, like or renovations, like start taking something from that is total crap and make it into something really nice. Nice. That's that's a big task, but that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. So that's the thing. Like all the ideas that I thought of, I'm like, gosh, that costs a lot of money. But mm-hmm. but still, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, number five, we will we will always have this New Year resolution in the bag. Uh, is quit smoking. We were talking about that. Um, my brother has uh, a coworker that she's from Connecticut, and apparently a lot of her family smokes, but the taxes on cigarettes is so ridiculously high in Connecticut that they ask her to buy cigarettes here and ship it up to them because the taxes are cheaper. That's commitment to a really expensive habit. Yeah, I did actually want to jump back to learning something new real quick, though. One quick thought I just thought of mm-hmm. is it's important when it comes to learning something new not to create unrealistic ones, and that's the ones we kind of just talked about. That's true. Is um, yeah. I think some people say, yeah, I'd love to do this, but they never can do it, so they never learn something new. All right, that's true. Yeah. See, for me, I'm, I'm a high achiever, and so I try to like reach for the stars on anything, and sometimes that's to my detriment because I'll get discouraged about how I can't do it. And then I'm like, well, I just guess I won't do anything. I'll start smoking. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But anyway, but with the smoking, honestly, it truly is one of the most expensive and detrimental habits, I I think, on the planet. I feel like with COVID too, people should definitely give it up because your lungs are being affected by COVID. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is endanger yourself, which smoking does. Right. Well, you said that you saw a picture of... Uh, like a set of, a set of lungs that have been smoking and then a set of lungs that had COVID. Yeah, and the COVID one was worse. That's crazy to me. That blows my mind. It's wild. Um, number six is read more. And uh, I have heard this phrase that leaders are readers more than I 
care to admit. Um, I know Craig Groeschel and Ken Coleman, who's part of, um, who's affiliated with Dave Ramsey. A lot of them always saying to read, educate yourself, and that it, it's crucial for aspiring leaders that reading keeps your mind open to, to different thoughts, thought patterns, and it keeps you humble because if you're learning, it means that you're excuse me, if you're reading, then it means that you want to learn something that you want to be teachable. And I think that ties into being humble. So it's not just reading nonfiction or fiction or whatever. It's like reading with a purpose. Right. Um, plus it also gives your eyes a break. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the blue light on, on phones and stuff. And honestly, like we've had conversations about this, that I can tell my eyes are fatigued at the end of the day. If I've looked at my phone too much, it's like, Almost you go cross-eyed and you feel like you can't focus on anything for a while. You get anxious. Yeah, and plus it has a, a mental effect. Like you're you're more antsy, you're more irritable and anxious and all those things. So getting in a book gives your eyes literally a break from that sort of stuff. Uh, number seven, change jobs. So I think, honestly... Especially coming out of 2020, I know jobs, everybody's job has been affected in some way, shape, or form. There are a lot of people that lost their jobs. However, Jake, you've had a different experience coming out of 2020. What would you say has been your experience? Um, I mean, business especially was the biggest it's been, so I can't complain there. But um, when it comes to jobs and changing jobs, uh, one of the big things you want to keep in mind, and this is something I do every year, is in January, well, probably end of December, early January, I have time with the Lord, and I basically ask him, Lord, do you want me to continue this year? Like, is that something you want me to do? And I think a lot of people are confused by that because they're like, wait a minute, you actually reevaluate your job every single year? And the answer is yes. Um, mm. I need to know that God wants me to continue because at the end of the day, if I'm out of his will, that's a dangerous place to be in. And so... I think so often people put their value in their job when their value and their identity is supposed to be in Christ. And so mm. they lose the job and all of a sudden their world has shattered because they also are like, oh, well, I don't have a purpose. If your purpose is in your job and all you do is your job, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Right. Because it will become lonely eventually. Right. I think so often people, they put all this time and effort and value into this job. And yeah, it's important to provide for your family. Um, I'm not saying be lazy, but what I am saying is if you literally eat, sleep, and breathe your job, which is one of the risks of being in the industry I'm in, which is real estate, where people are like, call me anytime, do this anytime, get in touch with me anytime. You are setting yourself up for failure because you are not prioritizing important things in your life that take precedence over the job. I think changing jobs, I think evaluating your job every year is crucial because it's a moment of saying, these are some great things I did. These are some not so great things I did. Lord, you know your will for my life. Am I still in it? And if I'm not, show me the next step. Right. And so I'd encourage anybody listening to this podcast that may be obsessed with their job, maybe it's time to do a quick health check. On yourself. Yeah. Are you making your job your life? If so, I would strongly encourage you as someone who has lost their job before, reevaluate that. It's not permanent. Yeah. And plus, I think sometimes if you get, if you get addicted to anything, it's, um, bad. it's bad. Well, it, it, 
you don't have any other barriers protecting the, excuse me, boundaries protecting the things that, like you said, take precedence, like family, your faith, your involvement in the community, whether it's at your church or if you're doing uh, nonprofit work or whatever, those boundaries are no longer, like anything's fair game. And so when you say call me anytime, that sort of thing, you're opening yourself up to running 24-7. Which you're not equipped to do. Right. The Bible is pretty clear you're not equipped to do. Right. Um, God rested on the seventh day. Right. So I think this Americanized work culture is dangerous. And I think COVID in 2020 put that to the test. I think God used 2020 to really make people go, huh, maybe my whole identity is in my job. And now all of a sudden I'm at home and I can't do that. And oh wait. I haven't really taken time to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so many people got depressed and they felt like their life was meaningless. And that's where God, this is what I love about God. He says, I'm supposed to be everything. Mm-hmm. I gave you that job. I gave you that position. I encourage people not to have a job, but a calling. Your calling could be, for example, real estate. You're called to help people find homes. That's important. You could be a teacher. Your calling should be a teacher, which means you are used in that field to equip people for the future. It's an important call. Right. Pastoring, it's a call to be a pastor. And so if you have a job and not a call, I would encourage you to evaluate that as well because that's not what God has for you. He has a call for your life. And it, it's not necessarily a call. Not everybody's called to ministry. Right. But everybody is called to minister. Right. So in any position you hold, you can minister to others. And that should be the important role of your job. So I would encourage you just to, if you got, you know, I'm reading the notes, says, is it just a J-O-B, a job? If that's the case, I'd encourage you to reevaluate. I don't care how much money money you're making in. I've learned God provides in everything. So Mm -hmm. if you're called to do something that doesn't pay as well, guess what? You need to do the call because it's going to bless your life more than the job. Right, exactly. And I think we also get run into the trap of worshiping the gift rather than the giver. And we get our priorities messed up when it comes to that. And we're like, oh God, thank you for all the stuff. And then you get focused on the stuff and things. And if you lose that stuff, then then you're not worth anything. Well, it's because there's a priority shift. It goes back to worth in the job. If If your worth is in the job, that's a problem. Because if for some reason the job ever ended, you would find yourself lost. And that, that's the point. Right. Exactly. Uh, moving on to number eight is uh, drink less. <laughs> so less alcohol. All that. Another costly habit that has long-term effects. And, you know, we, we have the occasional drink. Um, but it is never to the point where, like, gosh, we need to stop buying alcohol. You know, um, but I think that that has been actually a big thing since COVID has hit. People are at home. Um, when uh, quarantine first started back in March and April, the only things that were open were grocery stores, and grocery stores sold food, but they also sold alcohol. And I know that there were some studies out there that said that um, alcoholism and depression and suicide rates have skyrocketed, especially during those times because people realize, like, oh my gosh. I'm at home. What's going to happen? And then anxiety ensues. 
and what's at home that's going to make me feel better or what where can I go to make me feel better? And alcohol has been a big one of those. So I'm sure that there are several people going into 2021 that like, I was barely sober in 2020. I mean, that could be a possibility, but um, that, that's another thing we have to consider. And what do we run to in times of stress? And a lot alcohol happens to be one of those main things. And a quick shout out to that. If you feel like alcohol has become a dependency for you, I'd encourage you to find a Celebrate Recovery near you yeah. and get involved. So quick shout out to Celebrate Recovery. There you go. Um, There's a, another commercial. <laughs> uh, it's a 12-step, Christ-centered, biblically-based recovery program that points you to your higher power, which is Jesus Christ, and helps you apply effective methods to find freedom from your struggle. So if, if you're listening to this podcast and you know maybe alcohol or cigarettes or one of those is struggle or maybe overeating or whatever it is um get to celebrate recovery find one around you yep and you can also listen to episode three of the led to lead podcast and you can hear from um our celebrate recovery ministry leader pastor jim russell and he can tell you a little bit more about that as well number nine uh spend more time with family now i think all of us were forced into this last year and at first i was like oh man i love my family but gosh i'm here all the time but at the same time, time with my kids and, and my hubby has been really sweet of being able to see Isaac. Like Isaac has almost mastered riding a bike and it's because of all the time that we spent outside in 2020, which has been really cool. Isaac is our five-year-old and he's five going on 30 mm-hmm. and thinks that he knows everything. And he tells us that on a regular basis. But anyway, I think actually the one of the greatest things about 2020 is that families actually stayed together. And I think in some ways the family unit has been strengthened because they realize, gosh, like I've been missing out on so much. It goes um, back to the earlier thing about the job. Yeah. So many people finally had the chance to spend time with their kids and they're like, oh wait, I don't really even know my kids. Yep. Or I don't really even know my spouse because I'm always at work. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like I said, 2020 was a lot of things. I think one of the biggest things is it was a blessing to a lot of people because and they didn't even realize that they needed a time. They needed time with their family. They needed time to be a dad or a mom, husband or a wife, because they were so go 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 all the time that they mm-hmm. never even knew who their family was. So, I think that's the biggest blessing. For sure, absolutely. And then number ten, get organized. Now I think it's interesting. Like Jake and I have. We are organized, but about different things. <laughs> so, um, in fact, uh, it's a topic that we frequently, um, passionately discuss is how we uh, clean the house. And I'll, I'll use that in organization because cleaning house, especially with three kids, is very tough. Um, during 2020, I had a couple of purging moments of getting rid of crap in our house, things that I found in closets that we had never opened since we've been married and we're coming in on year nine this year. And so my getting organized, I tend to take like a a big chunk of the house and say, all right, I'm going to focus on this. And then I spend a lot of time doing it. And then when it comes to the daily tasks, I typically make sure the main living space is pretty decent. Right now I'm looking at it and it's not. And I'm like, I failed. But (laughs) Jake's main thing, like the thing that makes him feel like, oh, the house is clean, is what? Dishes. Dishes. 
the stupid dishes. <laughs> the sink has to be clean. Oh my gosh. Well, literally, okay, like, here's my argument. It's like, the sink is clean, but there's, there's shoes and socks and toys everywhere in the main area where we spend most of our time. If I sat in the sink, then I would agree with you, but I don't... <laughs> Um, I think we all could, we all have different things that irk us if they're not just so. Um, but I think everybody could get more organized and get rid of stuff that they don't need. We all have that junk drawer with crap in it. And, um, another show that I watched in quarantine, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, see it in your notes right here. I know. Well, you weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> you crazy. Uh, is Marie Kondo. She has her Netflix show. I forgot. It's like either Tidy Up or something like that. But it's it's kind of amazing to watch her like get excited about a mess. And, and I'm like, oh. I know. When it comes to <laughs> papers, like when she says, like goes in an office and like says, oh yeah, you have to go through every piece of paper. I want to have a bonfire. I'm just like, light it all. Let's just get rid of the paper. And then with clothes, you have to take all the clothes out of your closet and put it on your bed. And then you hold it. And see if it sparks a memory. And then she says you're supposed to thank the clothes, which is that's weird. Weird. Um, it's a little bit. <laughs> it's it's more of a spiritual thing for her. Like she'll sit there and like connect with the house. Have you ever seen that part? Like in the beginning, mm-hmm. like she she feels the energy of the house, and then she'll say, "Oh, there's good energy here." And I'm like, that's a little weird. You you just sat on the carpet and just said this house has good energy and. And then you say, well, you pay utilities, so it's got energy. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I, I think she comes from a, a Buddhist background, I think. Um, so that's kind of that. But her methodology of how to declutter your house is amazing. And I got motivated, and I started folding clothes the way that she folds them. And I do that with some things, but I don't have the patience to do the rest of it. Because it's like, you, instead of like, okay... Ha- folding socks you take a pair and then i turn turn them inside turn out. them inside out and it's like a little ball she's like no no it takes up too much space so you take the pair and you fold it in half and then you line everything up so that it's like you're looking in a file cabinet sort of thing and i'm like that's great in theory but in practicality it takes a lot of time to do that oh she it has a lot more patience than i do i don't get excited about messes but anyway so she that's She's the queen of tidy. The Anyway, those are 10 things that are uh, the most common New Year's resolutions according to 2019. I would say they still pretty, they ring pretty true uh, moving forward. But we kind of want to go into just a couple minutes of talking about what does the Bible actually say about New Year's resolutions? And I think that a lot of these things are addressed in Proverbs where it's, you know, um, about hard work and, um, taking care of your body and how you speak and, and all these things. And, um, however, I think there's a concept that God is not necessarily interested in, in what you do as much as he's concerned with the condition of your heart. So I I heard someone say that, um, God's not interested in making you better. He's interested in making you new. And it kind of brought me to, Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 and 17. This is Paul that's writing to the church in Corinth. He said, From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. So all these resolutions are great, but in the end, there's still going to be an emptiness in you. If you, if you just do all these things in every single person, there's, there's a a hole. I've heard it phrased as a God-sized hole that only he can fulfill you. And that's Jesus. The way through, like Jesus said in John 14, that he's the way, the truth, and the life that no one comes to the father except through him. So he is the way of hope. He's the way of redemption. And the only way that we can have any sort of hope in moving forward and having a relationship with God and when we die, going to heaven is through Jesus. And um, I want to turn it over to Jake just to kind of talk about this a little bit more in depth. But we wanted to kind of start off this year with really being intentional about about your salvation, about you as the listener, if if you've truly been saved or if you've like, I have no clue. Um, we wanted to give that opportunity to you. So, Jake, it's all you. When it comes to your walk with God, there are many people, there's several different types of people that exist. There's the person who says, I don't believe God is who he is. I'm maybe an atheist, agnostic. You may be somebody who's just like, you know, I don't know. If that's you, I'd encourage you to really tune in to what I'm about to say. If you're maybe somebody who's been a churchgoer for a long time and you just know that your walk is the same as it's been for the last 20, 30 years, or maybe you've gone through a spell of just dryness, you were like, I just keep doing the same things, I keep messing up the same ways, I keep, I'm just in a rut. Um, I encourage you to tune in. If you're somebody even that your walk's going well, like you've been, you're active in church, everything seems to be going on, I encourage you also to listen as well. There's nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes makes that very clear. Um, Solomon's coming to the end of his life. He's contemplating on just everything about life, and he says something professes. There's nothing new under the sun. And oftentimes we get on this t- trail of just like, Everything that's happened is it's new. It's it's this never happened before. The reality is it has. Um, even in the worst of the worst of the worst, it may feel like, especially after these this past week, mm-hmm. of just the craziness of what happened in the Capitol. There's still nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. The reality is Jesus lived under one of the harshest rules of history, which was the Roman rule, mm-hmm. and they were hard, horrible people that would shoot you in a heartbeat. They didn't have guns. Sorry. They would they would kill you. (laughs) you. You're right. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, they would kill you in a heartbeat. And one of their in one of the most gruesome ways to die, the way they chose was crucifixion, Mm -hmm. which you obviously see through Jesus' lens um in his death. Uh, so the point of this is saying this God in the beginning created man to be in harmony with him. He created them as something he was pleased with. And after he created the world, he created man. He also created woman to be with man because man could not be alone. When the fall came, when Satan tempted the woman, who then gave it to the Adam, the man, and they fell, everything changed. 
death entered the world, sin entered the world, their eyes were opened to the good and evil. That's when everything started to fall apart. And the Old Testament is just proof of time and time again where God is faithful and the Israelites would turn back to him only to fall away again. And it was this cycle of just insanity, dude. And the same thing over and over again, we expected a different result. Not on God's part, but on the Israelites' part. God in this was have had a plan. What he was trying to show history is there's a pattern that happens every single time we go through this. And so ultimately what it came down to is the judges didn't work, the prophets didn't work, the kings didn't work. So what was left? God himself. And so he sent Jesus, who was born of a virgin, in the town of Bethlehem. Jesus became a boy who then became an adult, who at 30 started his ministry, lived for, in that three years, ministering to all the people around. He rose up 12 disciples. One of them was to betray him. And he spread the good news. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was rejected. He was despised. And ultimately... The people who were supposed to love God the most betrayed him. He went to a cross and died and then rose again three days later. And that same Jesus is alive. And something that I've always said is the difference between Christianity and the rest of religions is this. Our Savior lives. He's alive. He's still doing abundantly above all we could ever ask or imagine. And he's still the same God who is at the beginning of time. So if you don't know Jesus as Savior, if this year you're like, something's got to change. Death is a huge topic right now. Mm -hmm. COVID has unfortunately taken many lives, more lives than it should have. This message is for you. Death came into the world because of sin, but it was defeated on the cross. When you give your life to Jesus, you give your all. You become not about you anymore, but about him. It changes. And so my encouragement to you is if you don't know Jesus, to ask him into your life today to pray the sinner's prayer of, God, I am not worthy. I realize that I have faults, that I've denied you. I've turned against you. I was at one point an enemy of you, but I need salvation. So I take, I accept Jesus into my life and I ask him to be my savior and I'm going to live for him. You're going to heaven, but it doesn't just stop there. I think so often we stop at salvation. We say, okay, salvation's occurred. We're good. Now I can just keep living. No, that that's the thing. There's a next part of it that's called sanctification and this is what you do the rest of your life. You begin living for him. You begin seeking him. You begin reading his word. And in that, you become more and more like him. You start to seek him, not because of what you can do, but what he's going to do through you. And that's, an, that's the most encouraging part of this, is he begins to transform you. The point of all this is this. If you don't know Jesus, I would ask you to pray and ask him into your heart to make him your Lord over all your life. Because God did that for you. It's a gift, which means there's nothing in return. No works you can do will ever earn you that salvation. However, it will begin to transform you. So that's kind of the message. Yeah. And if you have um, never heard this before, or if you've heard about the gospel and you walk down an aisle at five years old, or if it's never really made sense to you, congratulations. <laughs> Um, and if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, um, welcome to the family. And we would love to hear from you. So if you have, if this is the first time you've heard it, or if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to 
write a comment, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. We'd love to hear about it. And um, I want to encourage you to also take a moment to uh, share this episode with a friend. If you know somebody that is not saved, that needs to hear this, then I, I ask that you share it with them. So subscribe to it so that we're going to keep making content like this where it's biblically focused and meant to grow you as a person, as a leader. And um, that's what this podcast is all about. So subscribe, share with a friend, allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. And you never know, it could be something like God uses the foolishness of man to, to glorify himself. And it may be something completely random that we said in this podcast that encouraged you or that you really want to share with a friend. And I encourage you to do that. And, you know, Jake said that uh, not everybody's called to ministry, but uh, we are called to minister. So um, I encourage you to evaluate. Maybe you set a new year, new year resolution. Maybe it's not the one that you need to do. Maybe it's something deeper. Maybe it's walking in a deeper relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's changing jobs. Maybe it's taking care of your body better. Whatever it is, I encourage you to really think about it, pray about it, and seek the Lord. We believe that as you focus in on your spiritual health, that everything else is going to fall into place. The last thing I leave for the listeners is this. God's mercies are new daily. So don't think if you've messed up on your resolution, on something in your life that you should stop or that God's done with you. Um, I would encourage you to get back on the horse. Keep going. Yep. So many people give up on their resolutions because they mess up. Yep. And so many people give up on God because they mess up. Mm-hmm. So if that's you, I have good news. God's mercies are new daily. So that means get back on the horse. Keep going. This yep. life is a process, not a deliverance until right. the end. Right. Exactly. We're excited for this year. Looking forward to it. And it's just the beginning, y'all. And we got to keep going. If, if you make a mistake, keep going. I talked about failure in the last episode. <laughs> if you need a refresher, go listen to that. But we're just excited for what God is going to do in this upcoming year. Hey guys, I just wanted to mention that if you've ever thought about starting a podcast, you really need to check out podbean.com. I've been using them as my podcast hosting website this whole time on the Lead to Lead podcast, and they help publish and promote your podcast. You can publish stuff on social media and you get your own website. It's good stuff, y'all. And actually, you have the opportunity to monetize your podcast. If you click in the link below, using that link, if you sign up, you can get one month for free when you sign up for a year. So if you're trying to start a podcast, check out podbean.com. Click the link below and we'll get you started.